Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I am the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, the podcast is available on any podcast platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google. Please do uh, subscribe, download, and listen uh, as much as possible. We are putting out podcasts basically every weekday from here on out. And uh, yeah, it's so fun to be able to talk about this team, even though they're on a bye week and there's not really much to talk about. Uh, we will get to some uh, rumors. Uh, there's a, a big one from Pierre Lebrun that dropped last night in regards to Brendan Dillon. Uh, we'll also just take a quick look at the uh, NHL power rankings. And also, uh, it is Bell Let's Talk Day up here in Canada. So I thought I'd begin the show uh, just talking about that a little bit. For those who don't know, uh, if you're not on social media or uh, if you're in the States and not familiar with Bell Let's Talk, basically Bell is a um, phone, cable, internet company up here in Canada. And one day uh, every year, uh, usually the end of January, um, Bell donates five cents towards Canadian mental health initiatives, uh, whether it be each time you tweet or retweet using Bell Let's Talk hashtag, watch their official video, uh, they'll donate five cents. If you use the Bell Let's Talk Facebook frame, uh, they'll donate five cents. Uh, they do the same Similar things with Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Uh, for every text sent by a, a Bell customer, they donate five cents towards mental health initiatives, and uh, it applies to long distance calling as well. All that to say, uh, Bell, um, they, yeah, take this one day out of the year to really help with um, mental health initiatives. I know some people take issue with the fact that it's a large media company. It's free advertising for them. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, a lot of money that's going towards mental health initiatives up here in Canada. And uh, it's a really important um, thing, not only from the financial aspect, but also just to get people uh, talking and um, taking action, breaking down stigmas and um, yeah, just really getting mental health awareness more and more out there and to make people more feel more comfortable opening up and seeking help if they are struggling with mental health. I've talked about um, these kind of issues on the podcast before. Uh, I've opened up about it a bit on, on Twitter and in some writing that I've done in the past, you know, mental health, uh, anxiety, uh, even mild depression is something that I've struggled with uh, as long as I can remember, to be quite honest. It's not something that I really came to terms with or uh, acknowledged or put kind of a name to until too late, I would say, um, probably into my 20s um, after I got married, as we started to have uh, kids. It's something that I knew uh, I needed to get a hold of. Um, but, you know, as like I said, as far as I can remember, back to high school, even elementary school, uh, I've always been a bit of an anxious 
um, person. Um, and that manifests itself in, in different ways. Um, I don't think I've ever really fallen into a severe depression, but I know there have been times in my life where, um, the example that I use is, uh, waking up and, uh, lying in bed and realizing that was the furthest I would be from returning to bed that night or later that day and kind of taking, um, solace in that, knowing that um, every passing moment would be closer to when I could just curl up back in bed. Um, my family, uh, we've been through some pretty serious uh, health scares over the past several years. Uh, our youngest son had a bit of a heart condition when he was born that required a medical procedure, and, and there were a couple complications as a result of that. And then uh, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago as well, and that required uh, pretty extensive treatment uh, for her to uh, undergo in order to beat that. And uh, the fact that we had three boys at the time uh, was uh, a huge, uh, what can I say, trauma, I guess, on all of us. And it's really taken even till now for us all to really try to work through the emotional ramifications of, of going through that and seeing uh, someone so close to you having to undergo that kind of treatment and being that sick. And it's still something that I'm uh, dealing with. So, you know, several years ago, I took the step to uh, get help, to, to go to uh, a doctor, uh, to be prescribed some medication. I went to a counselor to um, learn some techniques um, and it may sound dumb, but the best thing I found is kind of using, um, to tie in uh, the Bruins here a little bit is uh, the happy Gilmore technique of finding your happy place. The counselor that I went to, he, you know, had me close my eyes and picture a place where uh, I felt most at peace in my life. And, um, some of you may know that, uh, we lived in Scotland for a year and there was, uh, this place called Neist Point on the west, northwest coast of the Isle of Skye in Scotland, which is uh, one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been to. And uh, we got to this Neist Point. It's kind of a, um, yeah, just like a little tiny peninsula that sticks off the island. And there's a, a lighthouse there, and it's this high cliff overlooking the sea. And we got there right at. Uh, well, not right at, but like a half an hour before sunset. And I'd never seen the sun so big. And, and we just stood there as the sun was setting. And um, it was just such a beautiful moment. And it's a place in my mind where I picture when I need to uh, just stop and take some deep breaths and kind of center myself and remember that uh, peace is possible and that everything's going to be okay. Uh, so that's one technique. If anyone is looking for something to do today, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling uh, depressed, um, if you feel like there's no hope, um, just always um, try to to do that. And, and it has proven to be pretty helpful for me. Um, you know, in terms of hockey, there's been a lot of players who have come out recently with um, articles or interviews just kind of admitting uh, that they 
go through dark times, that they've um, sought help for mental health issues, that they've been on the brink of taking their own lives. I think of uh, Robin Leonard of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he's been very open in recent years about his mental health struggles. Um, and he mentioned it last year in his uh, Masterton Trophy uh, speech. Um, we know Dan Carcillo has been very vocal about this kind of stuff on Twitter. Uh, I think specifically also of former Bruin uh, Nick Boynton, uh, a guy that I watched as a teenager playing with the Ottawa 67s, and I was a huge um, fan of his back in the day. Uh, he was, you know, just a great all-around defenseman, uh, scoring goals, putting up points with uh, the 67s, and then also amassing quite a few penalty minutes along the way. I was ecstatic when the Bruins drafted him. He played for the Bruins for about uh, five, six seasons, and he came out with a Players' Tribune article uh, a couple years ago just talking about um, yeah, his mental health issues, the toll that it took on him to be kind of a uh, seen as more of a tough guy in the NHL, having to drop the gloves on the regular basis, uh, you know, concussions, uh, brain damage. Um, he said, uh, you know, depression, anxiety, mental health issues, that sort of stuff can seem invisible sometimes to those on the outside, but it's worse than anything else I've ever dealt with. It can make you unbelievably sad to the point where you're crying your eyes out, and then the next day you'll just be so angry that you're almost out of control. With me, there have been times when the anger has been so bad that I legitimately worried that I might hurt someone or that I'd injure myself. But when family members, people I truly love and care about, would ask me what's going on or why I was so mad, I wouldn't really be able to tell them. I honestly wasn't even sure. He added that when he reached out to the NHL for help, they basically just chalked it up to uh, him being addicted to alcohol, um, and they didn't really do much to help uh, with those mental health issues. And he concludes his article by kind of pleading to the league to do more to help uh, players, do more to, um, yeah, he says, at the same time, the potential to make a difference right now is so great. It's sitting out there for guys just waiting for someone to grab hold and initiate some conversations that will end up saving people's lives. At the end of the day, that more than anything will be the best thing for the sport. Because this stuff isn't going away anytime soon, and hockey can either be on the right side of this or on the wrong side. With each day that goes by without any real decisive action, the league's legacy gets worse and worse. Um, so hopefully um, there will be more discussions about this in hockey. Uh, hopefully this podcast can be a small part of that, just keeping that conversation going. Uh, you all know that... Um, my email address is out there. My DM box is open on Twitter. Um, I can uh, try as much as I can to point to different crisis helplines or text helplines on Twitter um, to, to just remind people that they have places to turn. I'm always here if anyone needs an ear or somewhere to be pointed for help. Um, and you know what? I need that as well on a daily basis. I still struggle with anxiety. It's still something that's an ongoing thing, and I need to be reminded of that as well. Um, Sarah uh, Griffin, who has been on the podcast before, she tweeted out uh, a cool infographic just reminding 
everyone that everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So be kind always. Always err on the side of kindness um, and just try to help remind people that um, this world, uh, there is hope and that we can make a difference in this world if we just uh, keep the conversation going, keep our ears open, reach out, listen, and um, just show kindness to others and help them along the way when they're struggling and uh, when we're struggling as well. So be good to each other, friends, and uh, thanks for listening to this. Uh, me go on about this again. I mentioned earlier the plan was to look at some NHL power rankings, but there's a couple Bruins-specific rumors out there that I wanted to address. Um, And the first one came from TSN's Insider Trading uh, last night, where Pierre Lebrun believes San Jose Sharks uh, defenseman Brendan Dillon is, uh, you know, drawing a lot of interest on the trade market. Uh, he said about six teams have expressed interest in Dylan, including the Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. LeBron added he suspects the asking price would be a second round pick and perhaps a prospect. Uh, now, if you look at Brendan Dillon, he's a 29 year old left hand shot who will become a uh, unrestricted free agent at season's end. He's currently making 3.27 million. So that would obviously be prorated. If he um, is uh, traded Uh, right now, he has uh, a goal, 11 assists and 73 uh, penalty minutes for the San Jose Sharks career high of uh, 22 points over the, in each of the last two seasons. Uh, So he's more of a, uh, a banger, a big body, uh, the kind of physical defenseman that the Bruins uh, really value uh, kind of like a, Kevin Miller type, but with more skill to his game. Um, The thing with Dylan, as I mentioned, is that he has a left-hand shot, and the Bruins are already pretty well set on the left side. If you look at Chara, Krug, Grizzlick, and also John Moore, who's been uh, scratched as of late. Um, I saw, uh, when I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, I uh, saw, who was it? Uh, I want to get the, at the, the Army Bear at JWIRB, he mentioned they do this move if they move Grizz for a forward. You get some size and grit on D. Uh, no one wants to move Grizz, but I would, he adds. I, I don't really have an appetite to move Grizz. I think they uh, should try to resign him, especially if Krug might leave in the offseason. Um, but I can kind of see the sense in that. If you trade Grizz in a deal that would bring you a top uh, six forward, maybe like a Palmieri who still has some term. And then you uh, then fill that hole with uh, Dylan, perhaps more and Dylan would be a better pair than more and Grizzlick, or you trade more and add right hand shot uh, to play with Dylan. Uh, who knows, but I guess that is possible. Um, but again, I don't really believe that, a left-hand shot defenseman is the priority for the Bruins right now. It's definitely the top six winger and a right-hand defenseman. Again, if they can, uh, if they grab Dylan and then maybe flip Grizzlick, I could see what their line of thinking is there, but um, I don't really necessarily believe that would make the team any better. Um, 
Our old friend Jimmy Murphy is at it again, citing an NHL source suggesting the Bruins could be looking at Anaheim Ducks winger Andre Cache. Uh, I am very open to that. I really like uh, his game. He's only 24. Um, he says... Sweeney and Bob Murray have already discussed what the price could be. No word on what Murray would seek, but uh, the asking price would likely be draft picks and or prospects. Um, there was some rumblings back in the offseason or training camp that uh, Justin Falk would be traded for uh, Kashe. Um, and I really think he would be um, a valuable addition to the Bruins for Vercor, uh as a right-hand shot, very skilled player, ability to put up uh, some goals. And, uh, you know, this is one time I hope Jimmy Murphy is on the money, but again, who knows um, if that is going to come to fruition. Tyler Toffoli was also speaking out uh, in The Athletic uh, via Lisa Dillman of The Athletic. He said, it bothers me uh, that he's in involved in trade rumors. He said, at the end of the day, it's a business. If they decide to move on from me, then that's the way it is. I definitely want to stay here and be part of what the plan is. And I feel like I'd be a really good person to be involved in that. Um, he says he thinks he's done a good job this year. It's been tough. Uh, you know, kind of the rebuilding phase that they're in. Um, and just hoping to make an impact for the Kings, despite their struggles, they're not really a playoff team. Uh, he is an unrestricted free agent at season's end. He's very much uh, a hot target on the trade market. And uh, the Kings, the position that they're in, it probably makes sense for them to try to um, get what they can rather than risk losing him on the open market. Um, he is an important piece for them if they did want to keep him. Uh, you know, with... The thing that's complicated is that they have Jonathan Quick and Drew Doughty and Anzi Kopitar under contract long-term, so they can't really do a full-on rebuild with those guys locked in. Uh, so it might make sense to keep Toffoli, who's been uh, part of the team for a while now, uh, but uh, maybe he doesn't uh, fit well with Todd McClellan's system, and if it makes sense for them to trade him, I think they will. And uh, he's been one of the guys that I've wanted the Bruins to go after for a while. Um, I don't think he'll be as expensive as, say, Pajot or Kreider or Palmieri. Um, and uh, I think he would be a, a good target for the Bruins for sure. Again, Elliot Friedman has said they have him in their back pocket if they want to make that move. Uh, I think they're waiting on to see what happens with the Kreider. Uh, but... Um, you know, if they can make that move sooner than later before the price goes way too high, I think they should do it because it would give him even more chance to um, ingratiate himself in the team, feel more comfortable, and uh, just get ready for the playoff push. So those are some Bruins-related headlines and rumors out there. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time, will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners. 
a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's now finish the show with some other news and notes from around the NHL. A kind of uh, interesting report out of uh, Montreal where uh, Jean-Charles Lejoie of TVS Sports believes uh, Max Domi could be on the move out of Montreal. Uh, Domi is among several Canadians, he says, who could be attractive to other clubs before the February 4th trade deadline. He even suggests shipping Domi to Toronto for Kasperi Kapanen who could have great chemistry with uh, fellow Finns on the team, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, Joel Armia, uh, where Domi could return to the city where his father was once a star. Star might be a stretch, but a fan favorite, I would say. Um, I don't think that would really address um, the Canadians' issues up front. Uh, Domi has been pretty decent for them so far. He had a big season last year. Uh, he's only got 12 goals and 22 assists this year. After having 28 goals, 44 assists last year, he is set to become a restricted free agent this summer. He's making 3.15 million. Um, I don't know. It'd be uh, interesting if Domi were to return to not return to Toronto, but play for Toronto. Um, it would make it easier for us Bruins fans to continue to not like that team. Uh, that is for sure. But um, yeah, if he stays in Montreal, then that uh, doesn't really change either. Um, elsewhere, uh, some sad news uh, kind of related to uh, today's Bell Let's Talk. Uh, former NHL goaltender and Hall of Famer Ed Belfour was arrested in uh, Kentucky, of all places, I believe, on mischief and intoxication charges. It's his third arrest related to alcohol-based um, incidents uh, back in 2007 and uh, 2000 were the other two. Um, you know, I saw some people poking fun at his mugshot, making light of the situation, but I think Dan Carcillo said it best when uh, he just pointed to the fact that this is a former hockey player in uh, need of some serious help. And it kind of harkens back to Boynton's suggestion that the league needs to get more involved with current and former players to make sure that they're doing okay uh, while playing and after playing the game. Um, clearly, there are some serious issues going on uh, with Ed Belfour, and, and hopefully he gets the help uh, that he needs. Um, just a shout out to John Matisse, who works for the score, uh, where else used to work, uh, in relation to bell. Let's talk. He said, let's talk about our reaction to the Ed Belfour arrest. The mugshot is funny, but Belfour is clearly suffering in some way. Let's put our jokes and memes aside and do better. 
Um, that's very well said, John, and, uh, and, and thanks for pointing that out as well. Uh, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, planning to talk to a couple people here in the next couple of days for Thursday and Friday shows as the Bruins get set to return to action on Friday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it's been a good bye week for them, hopefully some good rest and relaxation, but I'm excited to get back into watching this team play and hopefully secure the top spot in the Atlantic division down the stretch. Uh, this has been the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren. Uh, this We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Rate and review the show if possible if you're using Apple Podcasts. And please also uh, tell someone in your life about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are always uh, love to welcome new Bruins fans aboard uh, this podcast adventure. Uh, Yeah, take care of yourselves, friends. Be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace.